0: Friends, welcome to episode three of the Church Collective podcast. Thank you for checking out the podcast if this is your first time, and thank you for continuing to listen if you have joined us since episode one. In episode one, if you cast your mind back, we spoke about Jesus, any adventure like the one we are starting on here or planting, to use the technical term of church collective, wouldn't exist unless Jesus, the son of God, had come to earth, lived a sinless life, done the most incredibly miraculous things, healings, both physical, spiritual, and emotional. He transformed people. He broke chains that people were bound by. And then Jesus died on the cross for humanity being a sinless and spotless sacrifice for us so that we could all be free. And without Jesus, we wouldn't be free and have the opportunity to spend eternity with God, living a life to the full now in the experience and knowledge of the love of Christ in and through us. And without Jesus, his church, because it is Jesus's church, his church wouldn't exist Hence, our adventure starts with Jesus and will continue because of who Jesus is. In episode two, if you were able to catch that one, we continue to talk about Jesus. I'll let you into a little secret. We will consistently talk about Jesus on this podcast. So maybe we should have called this podcast, uh, The Jesus and His Story at Work Through Church Collective Through the Power of the Holy Spirit, podcast. Although that's quite a few characters to fit into a search bar and it's maybe not that catchy. Now in episode two, we spoke about foundations and how the foundations of our lives and the life of church collective must be grounded upon Jesus and his radical upside down teaching. Well, his upside down teaching, at least in the world's perspective. If our lives and the life of the church is not grounded upon him, then like the foolish builder who we looked at, who built his house on the sand, everything will be washed away at the slightest storm. Now, friends, as I keep saying, this is a storytelling podcast. And up to this point, I have told you stories about Jesus and repeated And thought about those stories that Jesus told. Now, these are so key and so important to the life of Church Collective. But I also want to start sharing with you the story of Jesus working, guiding, and leading through the power of the Holy Spirit his church here in Warrington. I will continue to talk about Jesus. Whilst I also share with you the very practical story of the birth of Church Collective as the weeks unfold. But before we get to that, we need to get our minds around two biblical principles. Are you ready? Firstly, that God wants us to partner with Him. And secondly, that God is consistently at work here in His world and wants us to join in with him on his mission where he is already at work. Let me repeat those. Firstly, that God wants us to partner with him. And secondly, that God is consistently at work here in his world and wants us to join in with him on his mission where he is already at work. So grab your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians Chapter 3. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their labour. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Thank you, Mark. That was... 1 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 6 through to verse 11 for your reference. Now, I just want to add some context to this passage of Scripture before delving into what it says and the implications for us today. This is written by Paul, formerly known as Saul. And Saul used to persecute Christians and the church until he had a dramatic encounter with Christ. Christ transformed his life from being a persecutor of Christians or Jesus followers to being a believer and apprenticing under Jesus for himself and then going on and being a church planter. Paul started so many churches. And what he did is after he started churches, he handed them over to different people who took on their leadership, then moving on to the next church that Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, called him to start. To both encourage Challenge, teach, uh, settle arguments, and proclaim sound doctrine or sound teaching, Paul wrote many letters to the churches he had already planted or that he knew or hoped in his heart that he was going to go and start a church in that place. These letters form a significant part of the New Testament. Now, that was a really brief overview, but just take away the radical transformation from Saul's previous life of persecuting those who believe in Jesus, which we see in Acts 8, to his dramatic liberation that we see in Acts 9, to his name change to Paul and then to be a church planter and author of much of the New Testament. This Passage of scripture is a really small part of a letter Paul wrote to a church which he had planted roughly 20 years after Jesus's death and resurrection. The church he planted was in Corinth, a really multicultural, multi-religious centre. And the church in Corinth wasn't in the best place. Just before what Mark read for us, we see that the Corinthians had been bickering. Paul says that they are not acting like believers in Jesus, but those of no or other faiths. The argument is focused on their lack of maturity in Christ, shown through the claims people were making about who they were following. Because some were saying that they were following Paul, some other leaders like Apollos, for example. And Paul condemns this thinking and tells the Corinthians plain and simply that these people are servants, or as he says in the passage that we read, co-workers with God. God is the one to be followed. Jesus is the one to apprentice under. And so we get to the section we read today and we see Paul say that he was the one who planted the seeds. And in this metaphor he means planted the church, planted the message of Jesus into the hearts and minds of the people of Corinth. Apollos then watered the seeds that Paul had planted. We see in Acts 18 verse 27 that Apollos has helped many people become believers in Jesus. Paul and Apollos have played the part assigned to them by God in this cycle. But that it is always God working through the efforts of the planter and then the developer through the Holy Spirit that enables the growth in number and spiritual maturity. Paul, in this instance, planted as he was called by God to Corinth. Apollos developed and discipled those people, which was the call upon his life. But through them both, it was God that caused the growth. Paul and Apollos had a single purpose, which was to be channeled for God to work through. So let's just go back to those two biblical principles. Biblical principle number one, God wants to partner with us. Jesus wanted people in Corinth, as he does everywhere, my friends, to come to know him. Jesus was no longer walking on earth as he had done 20 years previous to this. So he partners with humans to go about his work. In this case, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, God himself prompts, leads, and then guides Paul to Corinth to proclaim the name of Jesus, telling people of his love for them, calling the people of Corinth to repentance and to a life of following Christ in all things. Paul is the one who starts this work of God. God partners with Paul in this. Paul raises Apollos up as an apprentice of Jesus. So Apollos is following Jesus. He is praying, studying scripture and being obedient to Christ himself. And then God partners with Apollos in developing others and deepening other people's faith, the people that Paul had initially met. God calls Paul to start by putting the name of Jesus out into a town who hadn't heard of his love, grace, and mercy up to that point. God then partners with Apollos to develop those people in their faith and expectation of God. And this principle that God wants to partner with us is the same today. Now, let's be clear, though, God could do all of this by himself. God didn't need to use Paul. He didn't have to use Apollos. But come on, how amazing, how gracious and how loving of God that he used them anyway in the work of growing his kingdom in Corinth. Here, this today. This principle is the same right now. God wants to partner with us. He doesn't need us, but he uses us anyway. Come on. On to the second principle now, and let me repeat it. God is consistently at work here in his world and wants us to join in with him on his mission where he is already working. Let's just backtrack and look again at verse 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It says this, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. You can read this verse in many ways like many verses in scripture. One overarching, all-encompassing way is that the foundation of everything we are doing is upon Christ, because it is in Christ and through Christ that the church is in existence. It is in and through Jesus that people can be saved. It is in and through Christ that creation will be redeemed. That is the overarching way of which you can read and interpret verse 11. But there is another way to read this verse, in the knowledge that God goes before us. Jesus is always one step ahead of us, laying a foundation for the people he partners with in his work here on earth. The verse again, verse 11, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Because Jesus has laid the foundation first, we can then ground ourselves upon that, ground ourselves upon him joining in with God where he is already at work one step ahead of us. So those first two principles again. The first one is that God wants us to partner with him. And secondly, that God is constantly at work here in his world and wants us to join in with him on his mission where he is already working. I believe that God is at work in Warrington. That God is at work in the hearts and minds of people here in this town. Jesus has been laying a foundation. Firstly, because of who he is and what he accomplished 2,000 years ago in his death and resurrection. But also in the present day. That a foundation is being laid for people to use to proclaim Jesus afresh in this generation. At the start of 2020, I was considering where God might be calling Hannah and I and the children to move to once I had completed my curacy. At the start of 2020, I was halfway through my curacy in Southport. So most of the thoughts that I had about where God may be calling us as a family were turned into prayers. Turned into prayers that Hannah and I would be obedient to God's call whenever that came and wherever that was. That we would hear God really clearly in that call and that we would follow him. We would partner with him where he is already at work. I know it seems ages ago, but cast your mind back to March 2020 when that first lockdown came upon us. About a week into lockdown, I was approached about a job which I just didn't feel was right. I believe God was already at work in that place and through the people already there. But I didn't believe it was where God wanted to partner with me and the family. So I put it to one side and continued to pray that God would direct us as to where He wanted us to partner with Him. A few months into lockdown, a second opportunity came up to start something new, a new church in Warrington. And suddenly, my head and my heart were starting to sing. The brief was so open-ended and it came with some incredible opportunities to pioneer something new and an exciting way of being Jesus's church in Warrington. Now, I'll come back to this story another time and fill you in a little more. But I applied for the role, went for an interview and got the job. In all that... I believe that God has been working here in Warrington, preparing the way for Church Collective. The church that he wants to be here with the people he wants to be here. Because in laying the foundations of Jesus in this town and then partnering with people willing to step out and follow his call, Church Collective has been birthed. Just try to get your head around this for a moment. I mean, if you are listening to this, you are either part of Church Collective or have some connection with someone at Church Collective or are interested in the church planting journey. Wherever you are, whether that is in Warrington, online or somewhere else, God is calling you to partner with him in a work he is already on, And he has laid the foundations for you to spring off. The creator of the universe is so involved and so passionate about people coming to know of his love for them, that he is already at work in his world. And for us, I know that he is already at work in Warrington. He is already at work in the place where you live, if that is not Warrington. And is calling you to partner with him in proclaiming an upside down kingdom, a message of love, of grace, of mercy, of peace, and of comfort. Just pause for a moment because I want to ask you this How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? And let me ask you a second question. Do you feel that God is calling you to partner with him in something new? Or do you feel God prompting you to partner with him in something already in existence? And like Apollos, your partnership is to deepen and develop people's faith that maybe someone like Paul has already met and got connections with. God laid a foundation and was at work in Corinth. God then called Paul for a specific partnership. He then called Apollos for a significant and specific partnership that was slightly different Paul's. God is laying a foundation in your life, in your neighborhood, in Warrington and beyond. And my friends, I believe he is calling you to partner with him in a specific partnership. But what is that partnership? What is that call? I would encourage you now to spend some time in silence Just listen and become aware of where God is already at work. And ask God how he wants you to partner with him. Our story will continue in a fortnight's time. And the story really will start. I'm holding off on some of the very practical elements of the story of Church Collective on purpose. But it will start next time, I do promise. In these first three episodes, I wanted to lay the groundwork that Jesus is at the centre of it all. He is where the foundations are laid. And we must root our lives upon him. And then today that there are two principles which we must know. Otherwise, the story of church collective just won't make sense. Because Jesus is where everything starts and because our lives are built on him, God chooses in his grace to partner with us where he is already at work on a mission that he is pioneering. And it's because of this that church collective can exist and the story can start. I'm going to pray as we come to the end of today's episode. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you he is where it all begins. We thank you that it all continues with him. And thank you that you choose to partner with us in your mission here on earth. As we take a few moments to be quiet, would you speak to us about those questions that were posed to us before? Lord, speak to us about where you are calling us to partner with you where you are already at work. Amen. We invite everyone to play their part as we worship creatively, love generously and serve locally.